All right. <laughs> I honestly should have just sent it right there. You should have. That was a real good all right. Mm. All right, all right, all right. Dude, I can't wait to listen back on this and listen to my voice be, you know, just that much deeper than normal because it's still slightly lost from the weekend. Mine finally came back today. And I'm a little disappointed because it was shitty. gone for a long fucking time. <laughs> Dude, I, you know, I had to learn sign language on Saturday, right? You weren't there at yes, the brunch table, there. but like I actually couldn't talk. I, I was at the brunch table. Fuck. Were you, you on the other side? Fuck you. All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we will debrief the NFL draft. We promise it will not be as boring as our episode two times ago. We also have some Iowa State basketball updates as well as some NIL and transfer portal news. But as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue. And tomorrow, Cinco de Mayo, we're recording this on Wednesday, Cinco de Mayo, there was a bar crawl with $4 tequila sunrise mugs. Again, $4 tequila sunrise mugs. Talk about the hangover you're going to have the next day, but the delicious drinks you'll have the, you know, the day of. 8 to 9 at Mickey's, 9 to 10 at BNC, and finish the night out 10 to 11 at AJ's. So head on over there for the bar crawl at Mickey's, BNC, and AJ's, and of course, Head on over there to watch the big game. You know, the NBA playoffs are in full swing. Bucks just got trounced shockingly, but they're still my pick. So head on over there to watch the big game. And of course, to support our boy, Ben. So, Newt, what do we want to get started with first? I kind of want to talk a little bit about Iowa State basketball just to get it out of the way. um, Because Gabe Kalsher has returned. We are officially not completely hosed for next year. Let's give it up for Gabe Kalsher. This is clapping right now. It's kind of hard to clap on the mic. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is good. Um, <laughs> I'm still Dude, not, you know, we don't, I don't want to get into tires. I don't want to, we, we've already been over that. It's sad. Um, so, but it's good. You know, that's, it's at least in our piece. And we saw Gabe kind of turn it on at the, the end of the last year. And, you know, maybe he, uh, maybe he makes a, a big jump and kind of becomes the man that the offense runs through this upcoming year. You know, obviously an amazing defensive piece as well, and he always brings it on that end too. So it's good that we'll have a guy who can who can really kind of go potentially shut down another team's best player returning. So you know, I mean, he could awesome. be he could be like that dog though, because those days where he was on, you know, our offense would always click. Whenever you know, I always say. You know, it felt like the offense kind of ran through Gabe in a way. That's why so frequently the offense wasn't the best because I think Gabe had a hard time finding his shot at Iowa State. But if you watch him at Minnesota, you know, he was he was frequently hitting. So I just think, you know, if, if he can find a little bit more consistency with his shot, then the offense can run through him. And we already know what he can do on the defensive end. I mean, he's a lethal defender. So, I mean, it, it's a really good pickup. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still gaining my voice back, but yeah, we needed it badly. Yes. Yeah, definitely um, a great piece to have back and we'll definitely make, you know, I guess heading into next year and the holes that we have to fill a little bit easier, you know? So 
awesome that we have Gabe back. Awesome that we're going to have someone to bring that defensive in- intensity. And, you know, probably our second most important player behind Alias Coons, Alias according Coons. to you. Yes. So, so, yeah. And I'm right I mean. on that. <laughs> Let's just walk through the top six on Tyrese. I know you don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to force I you to talk uh, about it. Tennessee, Kansas, Louisville, Gonzaga, Texas, and Purdue. Why is Purdue I know, on this list? <laughs> I don't know. That, that was what I was confused about. I mean, they're... They're, you know, the okay, past like, five years, they've been kind successful of successful program on the rise in the big 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but going from Iowa state to Purdue, like it's, it's Purdue. a drop off. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what West Lafayette is. Do you know what Purdue no. is? It's more of an engineering school than Iowa state. It's like, Ooh, just a bunch of dudes. I wonder what his major is. Maybe he's an engineer, you know, I guess maybe Iowa state didn't offer one of the 20 plus engineering uh, curriculums that he was interested in. That's probably what happened. Imagine yeah. being a cyclone. Cause I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not biased. Well, I am, but like, this isn't a bias talking here. Cyclones. That's like a cool nickname, right? Like yeah. kind of got a badass nickname. Imagine going from being a cyclone to being a boilermaker. Okay. But Purdue actually has a sick logo. The train is sick. Like that is, well, they, don't use it. they just use a P. They well, they I guess do. we use an I state. Yeah. Ours fucking sucks too. Ours is like, Oh yeah. I don't know. They are so Why is Gonzaga? Us. Well, no, no, I shouldn't say that. So that makes sense. All five of them, aside from Gonzaga, though, are probably offering some NIL deals. I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee was actually probably very got some money. Tennessee has a lot of money in KU, especially on their basketball program. You know they do. Texas, Texas I mean, obviously, for all, for all we know, they might be the richest athletic program in the country. Maybe aside from USC. But Louisville, they got some money. But then there's Gonzaga. And it's like, hmm, they must have some alumni just pouring money into their basketball program. I mean, that makes sense, right? Actually, out of these programs, where would you like to see him land? I, th- I feel like Tennessee would be honestly a perfect fit. They're very defensively, you know, great and can push the ball up the court. I, I don't know. Tennessee, I would probably be the least unhappy about if he goes there. Honestly, that or Gonzaga or even I, I think I'd just like low key be mad at Purdue because I beg it's not an upgrade. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I agree. And I would just be upset at Kansas and Texas because fuck them. And dude, Texas Lu- is like, oh man, Texas would piss me off too. Yeah, Louisville. Yeah, like they got they got a you, decent. They're history. a mess. They're a mess of a program right now. They're a mess. Yeah, who's their new a- coach, by the way? I can't, I can't even remember. I think it was like, they kind of hired a low, lower name. Um, like a, they got, they got like Chris Mack, who is from Xavier. It's not Patino. You know, P- Patino. I love that guy. <laughs> Great at cheating. Really good at cheating. <laughs> really good at cheating. Kenny Payne <laughs> is the new Louisville coach. Kenny Payne. Can yeah. pain? Can you feel the pain? All right. Well, um, either way, you know, this is kind of just like being the ex-girlfriend and looking at all of the suitors that all of the a sudden want to date your... of yes. Yeah. That's literally what I'm on right now. I'm 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 on walking buckets Instagram. So um yeah, okay. I'm, that was fun to talk about. Now moving on. You were the one who wanted to talk about it. <laughs> I know. I, I thought it was going to be refreshing. I thought it was going to be like, you know, therapeutic in a way. Like it's, it's nope. on my mind as might as well just get it out. But yeah, that didn't really do much for me. Yeah. Um, however, the NFL draft 
was this past weekend. For those who are unaware, we did not have an episode last week. I apologize for not giving a heads up. It was kind of late notice, but, um, you know, I took the last two days off for vacation last week because your boy went on his bachelor party finally. And yes, Newt did make it. He made it. Do you want yes. to tell them on here on how you almost didn't make it back? Yes. I forgot my wallet <laughs> and luckily I packed my passport. So I was still able to fly back without a wallet, but Oh man, it was so hard. Can I tell you about the rest of my Saturday? Please. Well, okay. So like, admit it. You, you were, you were feeling it a little bit. You told me yeah. that you were pretty sober. I'm like, eh, you're definitely not. You gave me like five hugs before you left. And part of it like felt like, Oh yeah. You okay. know, brotherly love. And then the fifth hug came and I'm like, I think he's a little turnt right now. It, in my defense. I got, I was the first person to leave the party. So I got hit with all the goodbye stuff, you know, like, That's so I, I think I took like closing goodbye drinks with people more than I was expecting. Um, Did that, you initiate like, it though? No, not necessarily. Okay. I think I initiated a first one. Like I was at a bar <laughs> and a couple of people came up. I'm like, Hey guys, I'm about to leave. Like, do you want to have this drink with me? But then I think as more people came to the bar, as I was still there, then it kind of got piled on of like, Oh, like see you new. And, and yeah. So anyways, Uber situation was whatever. And then, I didn't have my wallet. So I had to dig out my passport, which I thankfully threw in. I threw it in the last minute. Like I no joke when I was leaving to go on Thursday, like three 30 in the morning, I'm like, I've never used my passport traveling, but I always bring it with me. And then I just like grabbed it. I was like, all right, fuck it. No matter what, like I'll throw it in there. So thank the Lord. I did that. You got lucky as hell. I got very lucky. Anyways, I eventually I'm on my flight back and my phone is like dead. Uh, a random lady traveling with her child gave me a charging cord so I could have a phone so I could listen to music on the first flight back, which was like a two and a half hour flight. Otherwise I would have just been sitting there on an airplane for two and a half hours. The baby must've just had a full charge. She's like, Oh yeah, my, my baby's he was like, he was a toddler. He was a toddler. He's like, he's like three. And I was like, thank you so yeah, much. Old enough for a phone. And then I he's had probably no... following outside the lines. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, he might be. Anyways, I had, no wallet, which means I have no credit card. I have no money. The only thing that I can use is like an Apple pay card and not everything accepts that I'm starving my ass off here. And I'm at the airport, like in Detroit and I'm trying to buy some combos <laughs> just to get something in my system. Cause it's like 10 o'clock and everything's closed. There's no restaurants open. I go up. I was like, Hey, do you guys have an Apple pay? And they're like, no. And I was like, I'm so hungry <laughs> Some <old dude laughs> behind me. It's like, hey, do you need help with that? And I was like, I'll Venmo you, man. <laughs> like, can you, can you please? It's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just like, just pass for, pass for it. I was like, all right, cool. So I like shamefully ate a whole bag of combos That's actually in like cool. one second. Got my flight back. And then I am getting, I get to my car and lo and behold, I left my dome light on for three days. So guess whose car was dead? Yeah, your car, yeah, and I mean, do you have yeah. jumper cables? Like, were you able to? Get I do that have jumper out? cables. I went up okay. to an airport shuttle and was like, "Hey, um, my car is dead. Can you come jump me?" She's like, "I'll send someone out." So then I have someone come jump me, and then as I'm leaving airport parking, the only way you can get out is by paying with a credit card. So I don't have a credit card. <laughs> There's not. Were you the guy that was stuck and had like everyone behind you just waiting to get through the? It was midnight, so like I would have okay. been that guy, but there's no one out there. So then I had to circle all the way around, get to this office, and then have my girlfriend call and be like, 
and give them her credit card to pay for me to get out of the airport. And then I finally got home. And yeah. Yeah. Not- and, and you had the gall to ask one of us to dip one of our hostel reservations to come and sleep with you. And uh, th- th- you were a shit show all weekend. Like not all you- weekend. Well, I, not not like physically, Saturday. but or like no, getting Friday. to Austin, you were a shit show. Leaving Austin, you were a shit show. Um, you want to know what's also a shit show? The Texas football team. We were in Austin, the <laughs> <What> draft, <laughs> where they didn't have a single football player drafted. That I didn't even realize until we got home. I'm like, that is that's glorious. No hey, wonder Texas why Austin is back, was great. Texas is back. Texas is fully back. Love those guys. Um, we should probably just go online though, right? Brees Hall. RB1, baby. Best running back we've been saying. But Brees he is a And it proved it. Yeah. Brees he is a Brees Brees is a jet. That delay is going to sound terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. We'll throw in some Ellen John right now. help out people's ears <laughs> yes um yes but Brees hall is a jet um i don't like that he's going to the jets but i do like that he will get play time right away and he'll be able to strut his stuff what's up i also called this one i remember we were specifically watching the draft and you asked me where do i think Brees hall could be going as we were starting the second round and i said the jets and lo and behold he went to the jets so i would just i just want that on the pod um I, I said the Texans, which I should have known right away when they picked Derek Stingley before Sauce Gardner. I should have just known that they were going to screw up their next pick again. So, um, yeah, no, it's it was a good pick. Honestly, the Jets really did kill it this draft. I mean, you can never say someone killed it in the draft when you don't even know how they're actually going to pan out. Like, right. I, I can't even tell you how many times that um, I actually just heard. I think it was on part of my take that Bleacher Report, the draft where they picked up Russell Wilson. Bobby Wagner and I maybe Cam Chancellor. They said it was the worst draft of all time. Yes, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I mean, yeah. I mean, the Jets looked like they had a great draft, at least on paper right now. Um, we'll see how it turns out. But I, I really, I don't know, man. Like, I, I again, I do not like that Brees is a Jet, but I do like that he can strut his stuff right away because he's one of those guys who's just that damn talented. You need to get him on in the starting lineup right away and have him impact your team right away. You know, there's a, a few people that were signed and maybe picked up that are a little bit more, you know, developmental in the draft, even some cyclones that we got here that we'll talk about. But Brees is not one of those guys. He's a instant game changer. And, and it, I did not hear a single negative word from anyone in the media. You know, after after a cyclone gets drafted that high, I just consume all Brees Hall content imaginable. And it was almost consensus this was a great pick maybe one of the steals of the draft too because you know he was flirting on the edge with getting the first round slipped to uh two number 36 overall um so i mean yeah you, you could count that as a draft steal depending on how you look at it yeah i mean Brees is a, a three down complete back um does everything and he's probably gonna get the the Najee harris treatment of just gonna get fed the rock and you know hopefully hopefully zach wilson can continue to develop i was high on him in our quarterback draft that we had a couple weeks ago um so we're we'll, we'll, we're we're just riding that whole train we're just gonna 
we're going to hope that 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 connection goes well. And maybe this organization that normally struggles to be functional will start to function, but (laughs) I mean, yeah, I said this in, you know, a few episodes back that I don't think Zach Wilson is going to do well. I I think he's going to flop. I hope I'm wrong though, because he's got one of those play styles that's just like a very effortless thrower of the football. He's nimble enough to the point where he can kind of maneuver around the pocket. He's just a fun quarterback to watch when he's playing well. I also love those quarterbacks that do really well in turmoil, and that's where he thrives. It's like, oh, no one decided to block for me this play? Well, guess what? This is the play where I'm going to launch it 60 yards and you know for a touchdown. But the moment I have to make an option read, um, I'm, I'm going to shit my pants and self-sack myself. Uh, I don't know. I I hope Zach Wilson works, but nonetheless, he certainly got a lot of help from this past draft. And I mean, having a safety blanket like Brees Hall, you saw Purdy throw that ball so many times where it was almost over his head and he would just reach up with one arm, grab it, hurl it in and run for like 60 yard house call. So, I mean, he's a stud. I, I, I would be shocked if, if Brees Hall is a flop, honestly, like I, I just can't see it. I don't know. He's, he's a home run hitter and a guy who can, easily carry the load and, and tote the ball 20 times a game. And, and I think that's, that's kind of rare nowadays. I, I think it's really hard to find a combination of those two, especially with just how specialized the game of football is becoming um, mm-hmm. with like a lot of teams just have a specific pass catching back or, you know, a guy who's going to be the goal line back um, and whatnot. And Brees, Brees really does do it all and does it all pretty damn well. So uh, yeah, He's I agree. A rare four down back. Four down back. Is he punting? I screwed it up. Yeah. Actually, you know what? You you could, dude. Have him as a gunner on the sidelines. You can't block him. So, yeah, I'm going to say it. Four down back. Four down back. I'm going to get a lot of shit for that one. Um, Moving on, though. Uwazarike. This was my prediction. I did think Kolar was going to go in front of him. But I I had a really strong feeling that he was at least going to get drafted with his athleticism. But Uwazarike. Four, yes, fourth round, 116 overall to the Denver Broncos. Probably the best acquisition the Broncos have made all offseason, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that was a good tweet by me who, who said that. Oh, you dick. They don't need <laughs> to know that. But you, you took my starting point because that's what I was going to say. So, <laughs> oh, so now fuck you. you. Okay. So now okay. I have to say it. Sorry, you know what? Man. We'll edit it out. Now, now say it, okay? Say it. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it was a good pick. Like he's, I don't know if he's going to start right away. Well, no, I, I would be shocked if he starts right away, but I think I love him going to the Broncos. I love him going to the Broncos. I they think developed defensive linemen pretty well. Exactly. Exactly. And they saw, you know, how athletic he was. I, I think it was, I mean, I, I guess I don't know if I looked full fledged at the defensive lineman, but I would say, he was probably the most athletic defensive lineman there. I mean, that was why he was, you know, why so many scouts were focused on him just because of his athleticism. Again, it, if you watch his, him play, he had some he had some games where he was just dominant. And then he had some times where he was a little inconsistent. You know, um, usually inconsistency is something that they give a little bit of grace to as long as they can see you potentially, you know, letting that athleticism come to full fruition once they're playing, you know, once you're playing for him. So I, I wasn't too surprised that he got picked in the fourth round and I was so pumped. He went to the Broncos. Yeah. I honestly think it's a great fit. Um, there are very few teams I think get, get more out of the defense than their defensive linemen than the Broncos. 
So that's, uh, I think, an excellent spot for him. And I think, yeah, it's the same thing. I, I think he's going to be a little bit of a project, but he has like the athleticism and, you know, the motor and stuff to really, you know, have a shot to, to kind of become a dude, you know, um, be, mm-hmm. be a starter, be a solid starter and really contribute to, to them. And, you know, um, they should be the AFC West is just going to be ridiculous this year. So oh, like, gosh, like the Broncos, gross. The Raiders are still the worst team there, but like, but they're still a playoff contender. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, whatever, but yeah, I, I, I think I was, I was really happy. It was a great, great situation and, um, you know, an awesome potential fit for Owazarike. So, you know, mm-hmm. very happy. That's all you can want. You know, Denver's usually a pretty solid organization, especially on the defensive end. So that's like what you want in your guys when they're going somewhere is to, to have a shot and to have a chance to get developed well. I would say out of all of them, that was probably the best fit for the Cyclones in the draft. Um, next up, though, Charlie Kolar, fourth round, 128 um, overall. Kind of sucked he went to the Ravens. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I mean, so, dude. I don't think dude, so. I, I just I – want. I could he could be a tight end one somewhere. Like he could. He could also learn from one of the best tight ends for yes. a few years and do the takeover. Like it, it, it's like um think of it as he is the Dallas Goddard to um Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, yeah. I th- I think ah. it's a great scenario. Yeah, you like that? That was a good one. You like that? Well, that's, how old is Mark a, Andrews? A, I know he's in his 30s, but um no, I don't think he's, he's like one of those 30s, is he? High twenties, maybe. Yeah, give this probably a high like, stat checker. Newt, can you hear the type in the click, click, click? He's only twenty. I think he's like, oh, 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 okay. So I hate that even more than that. That's honestly like what I because even if he was twenty nine, thirty, like he's been in the NFL for five years. years. He's 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 an old twenty six. He must be. But what doesn't make sense to me about that is like, how long is your um, whatever is, is your first contract four years. They're going to have Mark Andrews for another four years. He's going to be good for another four years. Like that's no, that's Mark Andrews just got re-signed. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe. I'm talking Kolar. Titans take a beating, though. They probably have the second choice shelf life behind running backs of of any player in the NFL. You know, them and like I mean, that's a good spin for some for some odd reason. Corners like as soon as they lose that first twitch athleticism, they just are. Yeah, struggle. But but yeah, no, I I don't know. I, I honestly really like it. I mean, Baltimore is a great organization too. I think that's the other way to look at it is like, it's not the Jaguars. It's not like the lions. It's not these, like this organization that doesn't try to win. That doesn't have a good coach that, and they develop. Yeah. And they develop well. And like, there's very few people. Like, I think it's great that he's going to work behind Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews is a, a slightly similar, you know, like, mold of a guy i think kolar is a little bit less athletic but they're both bigger taller receivers that use their size um to their advantage and i think kolar could could learn a lot from andrews and would be a good sort of like tandem or duo you know a lot of teams like to run two tight end sets too like you're right uh, yes the ravens are a run first team like that is how it is lamar loves like they love to run a lot of the read option and they love to work that and i don't think that there's going to be sort of this lack of playing time like yeah, Andrews is going to be on the field, but it's also probably because Andrews is going to be on the field regardless because he might be their best receiver. So, yeah. well, I was just about to say they got is rid of Marquise Brown too. 
Yeah. yeah. They got rid of Marquise Brown. I'm sure they're probably going to acquire someone, someone else to help Lamar. I, I don't know if they drafted a receiver as well, but um, what I was you know, thinking with this is the tight end is the quarterback safety blanket. And I think Lamar is a better thrower than people give him credit for, but I nonetheless, he's not the best thrower of the football. Right. And so if you have a two tight end set, that is just so that just puts the quarterback at such an advantage. And again, if you have two like valuable and smart tight ends, which both Mark Andrews and Kohler have proven to be, they're going to find the right spot in the field. They might not burn everyone, but you know, they can beat you. You can throw them lofted balls and they can go up and get it. But nonetheless, they're going to find the right spot in the field. And so I think, you know, Kolar is Kolar is a good move, at least for their offense. I was just being selfish in the sense that I wanted to see Kolar, you know, come right out the gates, start for a team, because I think he's good enough to be that starter somewhere. I know he fell in the draft, which I, I still like. I dude, my bias is just like consuming my brain. Like I, I, I don't know how he wasn't the best tight end off the board, but whatever. NFL scouts know what they're doing usually. Um, we'll see. But to your point, I like it. They're going to run the two tight end set with him. And I mean, it's proven to work for a lot of other organizations. I mean, the Patriots with Hernandez and Gronkowski, that was literally unstoppable. So maybe that's what they're trying to find. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know. Um, shit, I had a point. I just lost it. My mic started tweaking. It was like, hey, you're not connected <laughs> anymore. And I, I completely lost my point on uh, this with Charlie. Oh, yeah. Tight ends are, you know, besides, like, aside from quarterback, they have the longest development time because they have to learn so much. They have to learn how the offensive line works, and they also have to learn how the route tree works. So they, they tend to have the slowest or longest period to, you know, develop and be ready to, to step in. And I don't know, I, I really like it. I, I think being able to get behind someone like Mark Andrews, who has, has shown to have great success in the NFL has been super consistently like a top three tight end now for multiple seasons here. Um, and then I think with being in a, a Ravens team that doesn't have a lot of other weapons, that uh, if, if Kolar shows that he's got to shit down and is ready to contribute, then I think that he's not going to have any issues trying to find the field. Um, and we know how smart he is. Like we've already said, like he's been praised as the smartest dude on Iowa State's team. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, maybe probably not making an impact this year or a little one this year, just because it's so hard as a tight end to make an impact early on. Um, but, but certainly potentially having, uh, a bigger role on this team, uh, in their future down the road. So I, I like the fit. I, I honestly think, I know you said, oh, was probably your favorite to the Broncos. I think Kolar to the Ravens is my favorite fit because of just like the settings, the organization and, and the sort of resources he's going to have. I don't hate it in regards to him. I'm just selfishly speaking. I want to see these guys right away, but, um, no, I, I think all of your points are very valid, very fair. Um, moving on to Mr. Irrelevant, round seven, 262 overall, Brock Purdy to the San Francisco 49ers. So I was I was pretty drunk when I first saw the 49ers tweet and announce him as Mr. Irrelevant with the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. And I was just like, isn't that kind of like an ironic thing that people say? Like, what? why would you use that as your first introduction to Purdy, you know, coming into your team? And then I woke up, kind of read some articles on Mr. Irrelevant, and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm bought into it. It's just kind of a fun title to have. So I was upset, and then I and now I'm not. 
Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it's in the way I kind of looked at it is it's it's just awesome that Brock got drafted. Like, yeah, you know, the big difference between you know being Mister Irrelevant and and not having a pick it, or not being picked in like signing as a free agent is like, yeah, honestly, like being a free agent probably gives them a better shot to maybe get with an organization that might see more of a future with them. But at the same time, it's pretty awesome that you know, one of the most like successful quarterbacks in Iowa state's history got to get drafted in the NFL. And like, mm-hmm. I think it was one of those that like thinking about it, it didn't like choke me up, but it was just one of those of like a moment of like, I've, you know, you've watched this guy since his freshman year and it's just really cool. Like I've, I've never had that in my time at like, I would say like watching someone be like, like, I don't know, kind of get drafted there. And it, I think it's, it's just a really cool feeling to, to see that. And, you know, that's just an awesome feeling for Brock too, of like, oh, Hey, yeah. I got, I got drafted in the NFL, you know, like. And, and his a, family's like to... video was awesome too. Did you see that? It was, Oh, great. Dude, the Purdy family. We love man. the Purdy family. We love the Purdy family. Dude, his future wife is going to be a lucky woman to be married into that family. <laughs> All right. And, and it's a good last name. If she wants to. It is a good, yeah, it's a good point. Um, other people with noteworthy signings, Mike Rose to the Chiefs. Love that. Andrew Mavis Mavis to Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to say this now. At least he doesn't have to have Urban Meyer kick him. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good meme. Good meme. Um, Chase Allen to the Bears, and usually that pisses me off when people go to the Bears that I like because the Bears usually Suck. develop them negatively. But he, at least he's got Justin Fields there. I mean, I I, I love Justin Fields. I I still have the weird little pullback of I thought Justin Fields was the best QB in the draft, and then him going to the Bears made me think. Well, now I think he's going to be the least successful out, out of all of them. So correct. I hope I'm wrong. But at least he doesn't have um, uh, Andy Dalton thrown to him. So there's that. Jake Hummel to Los Angeles Rams. That's just got to be the best feeling ever. Like, like, oh, wait, the coolest team in the league wants me to jump on board? Okay, say less. The coolest team? Dude, to be in L.A., that organization at SoFi Stadium. Like, you've seen SoFi, right? The You know, former Super Bowl champs. That's with cool. the coolest head coach. Sean I think I think the dude. coolest part is that they already got Landon Acres has already sprinkled that Iowa State. Yes. Like, hey, these Iowa State guys work hard and they they'll they'll get on your roster. And now Hummel's like, hey, I got that Iowa State. I'll work hard. I'll get on that roster. <laughs> I'll get on that roster. Yeah. Say I'm that again. That. You, you said a, that in a very sensual way. I'll get on that roster. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. How about this? Yeah, I'll get on that roster. I still, I still have a little bit of my voice that's lost from the weekend, so I, I, I got a good voice day. I am now losing my voice more, so I think it's like it's starting to get a little tired. Um, mm. it, it definitely feels a little bit raspier than when we started, but yeah, my voice is a little bit gone from the weekend too. So, I think you sound great. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Hmm. And last but not least for the signees, Derek Schwager goes to the Saints. This is another good pickup, you know, another team that I would love for him to learn and develop in that offensive line, you know, so big fan of that. Um, Greg Eisworth was not signed, but he was invited to their mini camp 
for the Miami Dolphins. And he is going to thrive picking off to a tag of Aloha <laughs> as he attempts to throw it more than 40 yards downfield. So I think in a way, hey, yeah, go to the Miami Dolphins, go to camp, show that you can, um, you know, pick off a mediocre quarterback with just zero arm strength on him and, you know, just be part of the team. Yeah. I, I've actually heard that too. His arm strength is a lot better than people give him credit for. I just, I've never seen it. You know, he's just super accurate. I don't think he's really that strong. I don't know. I, and I will just want to say I was high on Eisworth. I still, you know, invited. So it's not even a signee, but I'm all aboard the Greg train still. And I think he's, I, I still think he's got a shot at making, making some noise. So dude's just a baller. Like I, I, I don't is. know. So I, he's I so hope smart he, too. Hope he, he keeps getting his opportunity and prove some people wrong. And yeah, I mean, two is a great person to pick off. He gets picked off like somewhat frequently, I think. So that's a great situation for him to do something. Exactly. I'm, I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped. So honestly, yeah, huge congrats to Cyclones in the draft. Those who signed, those who were invited and those who got drafted. It was an awesome weekend. It was it was really cool. Like I've never been. Um, you know, more in tune with a, with a draft, I think it was because of, you know, cyclones, even though this happened to be ironically, one of the more like boring drafts in regards to stars getting drafted, but that first round, AJ Brown, Hollywood Brown, all of the trades, like it ended up being an electric weekend, an electric weekend. The NFL is like, it's even, I think it's already surpassed, but the NBA used to have so much like player movement and stuff. And the NFL has like completely done a 180 in that in the last yes. couple of years because it used to be like teams would be like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can part with my fifth round pick for this proven starter who has played three really good years because we could get a proven starter that could get three really good years for us in the fifth round that we trade away. And it's like, it's, it's like, why? And the Rams are like, no, 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 we'll literally just trade our draft picks for people that are proven. And then we don't have to deal with scouting and shit like that. That's really hard to do. So <clears throat> what's the, what's the Rams owner again? Is, is less, less something. Oh, um, oh gosh. He owns Whatever. like Arsenal and all this kind of stuff too. After a Super Bowl parade, he was wearing like the Michael Jordan meme that said, fuck them. No, fuck that, them was kids, but it was- that was our GM. That was our GM. I think it was like oh, yeah, less need. Less need. That's it. Less need. It is. Yeah. Yeah. He wore is. he wore uh, that same meme, but over fuck his face it said "fuck them picks." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great good shit. shit. Great. Actually, shit. you know what? That is a good segue because I was going to talk about player mobility in the transfer portal. Um, Hakeem Butler, probably my favorite, if not if not the one of my favorite Iowa State football players of all time. Had a pretty solid tweet. It's going really well throughout Cyclone Nation, and I cannot wait to give you my take on it. So here's his tweet, okay? okay. Have you seen this yet, Newt? I don't think so. I've not been on Twitter a lot lately. Okay. I have a take that I just kind of – it kind of came to me, and I just need to say it out loud. I honestly don't even know if I like the take or not. I just need to say it. So his tweet said, I think the transfer portal doing more damage to kids than the NIL, than the NIL deals. Campbell always preached about kids wanting instant gratification and it's clear as day that if, that if kids don't play from the jump, they gone. You got to earn that success. Trust me, it takes time. And he followed up with it and said, playing ball was great, but that redshirt year in the year I barely played taught me more about myself than any other years in college. It showed me I wasn't ready to be great mentally or physically. I wanted instant gratification, but working for it made it so much better. 
So what are your thoughts on that before I dive into my little rant? I actually, I, I think I had have to agree on Hakeem or with Hakeem on this one for the most part. I think that the ability to, to trans I, and I, I'm like all for player movement. So I don't want to like ever say like a player should not be able to transfer or should be restricted. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think that there's a lot that can go into wanting to transfer. And I think sometimes the idea of like, I'm not playing or I'm not getting the playing time that I expected or I wanted um, can make players not sort of like develop, or they think that they have to jump, like jump into the next thing to get a shot. Whereas sometimes you're just not ready. Like you're an 18 year old kid. You have to figure out how to go to college. You have to figure out how to structure your life. You have to figure out how to play at the next level. Like there's a huge difference between high school to college athletics. Like it's probably the biggest jump that kids are going to make because like you can find scrubs all over the field on high school and college. Like you probably can't find as many scrubs. And, and it also goes into the idea of, you know, I think it reflects um, the idea of, there's what is it it's like an old NCA study of like they they pulled like I think it was like football players and maybe a couple other sports like it might be basketball too and they asked them hey like what are what are you going to do like what what are you what are your plans for your professional career and like 60 or 70 percent of them said they're they were going to play professionally when in reality it's like less than one percent of people play professionally mm-hmm. from college so it's like that mentality combined with the transfer portal of like I should be playing. I should be getting this time. I think it makes this mess of like kids do need that instant gratification of if they get to a situation and it's not exactly to their liking, then they're going to try and seek something else out instead of potentially like toughing it out or thinking like, Hey, maybe I need to develop versus like, no, the coach or the program needs to like develop or work around me better. I'm ready. Okay. So you had a, a lot of great points. And I honestly, in a way, I, I don't disagree with any of them because as far as developing players, I, I think it's hard to argue against the fact that the transfer portal is probably softening some kids, you know what I mean? For lack of a better term, it's it doesn't work with the coaches or with the scheme. All right, I'm out, you know? Um, and I think, you know, to have that development, like we've seen so many players come into programs mediocre or just good and they come out great blossoming you know what i mean um so as far as development goes for the sake of the players i totally agree with you now i almost hate that i have this take because it kind of goes against everything that i want as an iowa state fan but the transfer portal overall for college football you know you have to think of college football now as a business cuz that's what it is right? Shitload of shitload of money in, in football, right? And when you have kids that sit behind other phenomenal athletes, you're probably not spreading the wealth with the utmost high-end talent across all of the, you know, TV schools. Um, I don't know how many, do you know off the top of your head, how many power five schools there are in college football? I don't. Um, just say like 50, 60 or so. I think it's like 64 or something. Or Let's like just say 60 to keep it even. Mid okay? 60s. Okay. So what we saw last year was Spencer Rattler, an insanely talented quarterback for Oklahoma, who's now with South Carolina after he transferred, 
but insanely talented. He was the number one quarterback recruit coming out of high school. And, you know, Oklahoma, famous for their quarterbacks, had him and was starting him for quite a while. Then he kind of, Spencer Rattler became Spencer Rattler, a little bit of a, I don't want to say he's a head case, but maybe just not the most like maturely developed dude. He's a, he's a and, me first, not we first yes, kind of guy. Yes, I yeah. agree. Yes. So it, he started playing poorly once, you know, his back was up against the wall. And Caleb Williams comes in, right? People are saying, and he lit the world on fire, by the way. If you didn't see Caleb Williams play, then I don't know what you're doing, but go watch his film. People are saying that he might be, not, not that he might, it's like almost a consensus that he is the greatest quarterback in the next couple of drafts whenever he goes. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but nonetheless, that kid, we didn't even get to see his talent until over halfway through the season. And like, I know that, um, you know, that in those rare circumstances, those kids will find their time. So yeah, if Spencer's, you know, finished out the rest of the year and even played all of next year, we would still probably see Caleb Williams maybe two years down the road from now. Right. But we are also like football is a product. We, the audience are the consumers. We're consuming this product. We were just deprived of half the season of Caleb Williams. You know, the transfer portal allows so much mobility and allows you to play right away. And it also encourages people to move and be mobile like that, which means you're spreading out the most talented people. I guarantee you the fourth string QB on Oklahoma who just produces a shitload of Heisman caliber quarterbacks could start almost anywhere else, but we don't even get to see him play. And unfortunately for him, NFL scouts don't even get to see his talent either because he's not playing. So I think the transfer portal is really good because what you're doing is you're spreading the wealth of talent of the high end talent, ensuring that you're getting the 60 best quarterbacks in the league to showcase their ability in front of TV, rather than having them sit behind. I know that it might affect some form of, you know, development within them. So I think, you know, if I'm a player, I would be way more loyal. I'd be way more loyal, but for the sake of college football and the product of college football, it is so great for player mobility in us as the fans and in the audience overarchingly to have this happen because we truly are seeing the best talent everywhere. And, and if damn, if, if I'm the sixth best, best quarterback in the nation, but the second best quarterback in the nation is in front of me, then I don't get to showcase my skills for another year. And that's another year I'm missing out on for NFL execs to not see me. But that's your, your choice to like go to that school. And the other thing is like, agreed you see a lot of these guys that uh, someone will break through on the depth chart and then they do transfer because of that. I don't, I don't think that that's kind of the bigger thing. I think the bigger reason with the transfer portal is you get these guys that do really well at maybe a smaller school that then with NIL as well, they choose to, to piggyback that into something. But the other thing with the transfer portal too, is you get these guys that think that they're going to hit the ground running because, Oh, I've been told like my entire career, I'm like a four star and a four star should start right away. But what is it? It's like John Rothstein. I think every year will like tweet out about the transfer portal. And he goes, just a friendly reminder. There are like 200 kids who entered the transfer portal last year for college basketball who don't have a scholarship this year. So there's also the danger of these guys that think that they deserve the world or like think that they're going to get a better opportunity or have a chance to like go prove themselves and pro other programs just don't see it. And, and I think that's another thing with the transfer portal of like the grass isn't always greener. I totally, totally agree. So from the sake, I, I think to try and bridge the gap here, 
from the standpoint of the players and probably what's best for the players, I think more often than not, you're best staying put. Also, it takes time to develop into a new system. So if you're staying with Iowa State for one year and then you go and transfer on over and, and play in, yeah, for Pitt, then you're relearning things and you're having another year of redeveloping yourself before, you know, sometimes it is just best yourself. Put. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of like your hey, first job. It's like that first year in the first job is sometimes tough. And, and if you leave early, then shit, you might have another really tough first year. But if you just stuck it out for that second year, then that third year comes really smoothly. That fourth year, you're, you know, king of the world, you know? So I, I totally get it from a standpoint of development. That's great. I am talking about from a standpoint of, watching college football because ultimately what college football is, is it's a product. It's a product because the way it makes money is it attracts an audience. Us, the consumers are what bring the money in for college football. So as from a business standpoint, from a product standpoint, it is overarchingly, I think, helping the product of college football. And I think us as the audience, we're the winners aside from when, you know, we're the losers at Iowa state because Ishim young transfers and he was probably going to be an NFL caliber safety. I think it is too, but the Aishim Young one was also like he started losing playing time too. Like that's yeah. it's no different than the the Caleb Williams example. Um, I also I think that Hakeem's point is of like, hey, I I think sometimes you have to grind it out a little bit. I, like oh, sometimes yeah. like it's not just gonna come to you right away. And like a, the instant gratifications, the social media generation, all this kind of stuff of like. Yeah, sometimes I think that I should I should be the man as soon as I step onto campus. And it's like, no, no, no. There's like 90 other people here that are also trying to be the man. And they're also pretty fucking good too. And they all also are like three, four, or five star talented enough to be here. So you have to prove your worth among these people. And then you have to prove your worth among other people who might even be considered more talented. I don't think it's a question of like talent not winning out because I think talent and skill and all that kind of stuff like the Spencer Williams things was, was going to happen. Like no matter what, he's going to, he's going to have an opportunity to showcase himself. It might've taken a little longer, but that's his choice that he chose to go to Oklahoma that also had another highly rated recruit that he was going to compete with at the quarterback spot. You do get to choose where you want to go and where you would like your recruitment, who you're going to potentially have to compete with over playing time and the system that you're going to be in. So I, I don't think that that's as big of a thing. I think like Hakeem's main point is the fact that a lot of these kids are not, willing to allow time to develop and that can hurt them because sometimes you do need time to develop. Sometimes you need to figure out like, Oh fuck. Like I'm not mentally right. For, I think, I think it keeps saying like the mental part is huge because I think there's a lot of kids that this is the first time that they might play a sport and they might get their ass kicked. They might play a sport against someone and they're not the biggest, fastest, strongest dude on the field this time. And that's a, that's a totally different reality. Like, I don't know. I, I've never had that. Cause I grew up like smaller, shorter, quicker. So I always had to adapt versus everyone. But like, if you could just like, you know, use like your brute strength or, you know, your speed or whatever to like always be better than someone when it gets to this point that that's not there, then you have to be people with smarts and like wits and like film and get creative yes. and get creative. And you can't be like this one trick pony that relies on the same trick over and over. So DK Metcalf. Yes. I mean, it's a good point. <laughs> he's in the NFL doing pretty well. It's so. turning out pretty well for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just, 
I would be remiss if I didn't at least just share my thoughts on the other perspective. Cause I think there's two perspectives here from the player side. I think we're in agreement. Um, and then from the other perspective, it's, you know, the business standpoint of it. And I'm like, this is, this is so good for the sport. It's, it's good. Overarchingly it's good. Can it screw a lot of individual teams, maybe the competitive atmosphere, it can in a way, but it's also showcasing um, the talent. And, and I mean, let's just be very real here. There are some instances where, you just don't fit the scheme. Like I'm okay. I, I was, I was going to use an example, but I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to use an example for myself. Okay. Just because I don't want to call out anyone's name. When I transitioned from quarterback to wide receiver, it was because I was a rollout mobile quarterback. The system that I was transitioning to was pro style. I couldn't be a pro style quarterback. I could not sit back in the pocket. I stalked like that. You so, can't throw. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So therefore, like, and again, I, I'm only using myself as an example there just because I don't want to like call anyone out, but sometimes the system that you land yourself in, you realize it's not right for you until you're already in the system or on the counter end of things. How many times has a coach player relationship been overtly biased to the point where, you know, they don't play someone when they should. And, and again, sure. There are some reasons, but like, I just think as a collective, it's good. Um, and I'll shut up now. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, shout I, I think out it's... the We Will Collective. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think NIL is getting a lot of bad, bad publicity right now because it's just, it's the Wild West. And the NCAA did such a shitty job with trying to implement it it's not even implemented it's just they just let it wide open and they're like have at yeah and it's because the ncaa sat on their hands for so long and didn't allow any sort of like compensation method or or thing to like kind of take place and then they all just like let the floodgates go and now it's like trying to build a dam afterwards to control the water it's a lot harder than if you're like Hey, it's really dry here, but it could get wet. We should build a dam. You know, like it's like they're just Dude, not you. prepared. Yeah. That was so. that was Colin Cowherd right there. That was good. That was a really Thanks. good metaphor. Thanks. Can you tell uh, we're getting better at this? Dude, I think this Maybe. is our best episode. I don't know. Yet. I mean, definitely our best episode. I mean, definitely our best episode. <laughs> um, but no, the We Will Collective has been launched, it's still very raw, but they have over 300 contributors. Um so yeah, NIL is starting to become more of a thing at Iowa state and I'm sure it'll only develop more. Um, that was a good one. Our best one yet. If you're listening to this, you, <laughs> you're lucky. You are lucky. Cause also we got these, uh, slightly deeper voices today because our voices are kind of lost from a uh, bachelor party weekend that you weren't invited to. <laughs> Unless right. you're one of Mason's good friends who listened, which could be all of our <laughs> listeners because he had 24 fucking people there and we have about 20 listeners on each episode. So. We had more people attending my bachelor party than we do. Good <laughs> <laughs> on a live show. And then, and then like, this is our most listened episode ever. Can you count this as, as, as downloads, please? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, do you have anything else? I got my fancy baseball if we want to do that. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm putting myself on mute. Um, everyone get ready. Newt's fantasy shitty baseball takes are coming. Round two in three, two, one. All right. I just got one quick one. Um, my team has been doing all right this year. So some of the people that I've recommended have been doing well, such as Justin Verlander. 
Logan Webb's been pretty solid, but some of the offensive recommendations I've already provided have not been as great, but offense has been down in the MLB as a whole. But my one guy that I've got is a sneaky one. It's Adam Simber. Uh, He's a Toronto Blue Jays relief pitcher. But the thing is, is he's kind of their fireman. He's their guy that they get him in there when they need him to hold a a one lead or, or a tie ball game. And it's allowed him to get a lot of wins. Dude has four wins tied for the most, I believe, um, in the American League so far this year. He's going to contribute to your win category. Not not really going to give you a lot of saves because Jordan Romano is their, their main closer and it's been killing as well. But then he's also going to get lower ERA and whip for you. He'll help out those ratios as well in the pitching game. So I think he's a sneaky good pickup, some guy that you can honestly just leave in your relief pitching spot uh, every single day and, and maybe collect – collect slowly collect a, a win here and there some k's and, and help out the the whip and era categories and those guys are are very good I, I i um you know the ratios are always the hardest thing to kind of come back on uh so you always want to start off with strong ratios and i think getting these firemen really good relievers who maybe aren't closers necessarily going to help those specific save and win categories but will really help your era and whip um are are awesome to to sort of have on that roster and build up with with great starters and a couple couple solid closers who who obviously get the majority of your saves. So that's my that's my one one little fancy fancy guy to get. You know, I don't think his ownership is too crazy high. He's he's 24% rostered in Yahoo right now. So um go try and nab him and and help out a couple of those those key pitching categories. ERA. What does that mean? Earned run average. Ah, knew it. All right. Yeah, and that was new shitty baseball takes. Dude, I, I literally, I don't know baseball. Like, I, I, know. It, I can watch it and I understand what's happening. And like, I, I understand how it's scored for the most part. But yeah, the nitty gritty details, I don't know anything. All right. We'll try and get All you right. in the league next year. <laughs> oh, let me, uh, let me, yeah, jump to the bit on that. I'm so pumped for that. And if you've made it this far, then you deserve some wings at BNC Fieldhouse. So thank you, Ben. Again, we love you. If you guys love this podcast, then go and support our boy Ben over at BNC Fieldhouse. And also head on over there to watch the big games this weekend. Got some good NBA playoff action. So head on over there and especially NHL playoffs for all those Minnesota fans. Sorry, Chicago people. Your team sucks. Oh, actually, uh, Blackhawks are make well, it terrible. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. They wow, won't be wearing okay. their Blackhawk jerseys out to the bar, and they can't really wear their Bears jerseys either. And <laughs> the Bulls already lost, <laughs> and the Cubs kind of stink too. So, yeah, man, tough. And your pizza's kind of not the best. It's okay. Yeah, and your city just continually gets more and more murderous. So, uh not but a great gonna, time to be a we're gonna go that route <laughs> yeah um anyway and we just lost all of our chicago followers <laughs> <laughs> oh shit chase allen is now a chicago bear we probably shouldn't be saying that well david montgomery is too yeah, yeah. you can all still right. wear your david montgomery jersey to the bar because everyone would make that sick yeah that is sick and, and is your sick. new chase allen jersey too all right yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for making this far roll clones roll clones baby